listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Pullman Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. So, hey, we are in this Shaping Faith series, and we're in the last chunk of it. We've got three weeks left. We're kind of transitioning into the last shape, which is the triangle. And this shape represents things that are going to help us learn about dying to ourselves, dying to our flesh, and getting like plugged in to the eternal, long-lasting mission of Christ. And so in order to to really get plugged into the mission of Christ, there's got to be a lot less of us a lot less of our flesh in the mix, okay? So let me just make sure we're on the same page about something when we're talking about this dying to flesh idea. It's a real churchy thing to say, to be honest with you, right? Like I would never say that in the construction world I came from with a bunch of regular people and normal friends. I would never look at one of the guys and say, hey, it really looks like you've been dying to your flesh lately. Right? Nobody would say that. We only say that stuff at church, right? What we mean, what we're saying is you're becoming a lot less selfish. That's a better way to say it, a more normal way to say it. Like when we're talking about dying to the flesh, we're saying become less selfish. Worry less about what you want, what you feel, what you think, and care and worry more about what other people think, feel, and need, right? Like what their desires are. So this idea of dying to our flesh, getting plugged into the mission of Christ, these last three weeks are gonna focus on some just real practical ways that we can tackle uh, that very idea, okay? And so the three things are gonna be service and celebrating others and uh, generosity. And so this morning, we're gonna talk about service. And now, Again, this is another kind of a church type thing, right? Like we talk about service, it's like, well, it sounds like a nice thing. It sounds like a Christian idea that you should serve other people. Um, It sounds like even a good idea. But what does that have to do with dying to my flesh? Like becoming less selfish. What is that? How's that gonna help me plug into the bigger picture mission of Christ? Service, this idea of service, okay? Now, hang on to that. That idea, like what does service have to do with dying to myself and getting plugged into the mission of Christ? Like take that little idea and put it in your pocket for a minute. We're gonna come back to it, all right? In order to get there, we need to look at something that comes before service, something that precedes service and that's freedom, okay? We need to unpack and look at this idea of freedom. And uh, I wanna give you a couple of passages passages to look at together as we get started. In uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul says, uh, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then again, we see in John, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. There's this idea of freedom and being free for the sake of being free. It sort of sounds a little bit redundant, right? It's kind of like, what are they trying to get at here? We're, We're free for the sake of freedom, And then Paul goes on to unpack this idea of freedom even more in Galatians 5, which is where we're going to kind of camp out this morning. This is important for us to understand. In Galatians 5, he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So the idea is like, the reality is that there is a yoke of slavery, like Like we can become burdened by a yoke of slavery. Okay, now just to clear things up, Paul's not giving us a warning like stand firm, guard yourselves. 
That's a way of saying like, hold your ground and, and look out, protect yourself. He's saying, don't fall back into a yoke of slavery. Like don't put the ankle chains back on. Like you've been free, don't lock yourself back up as a slave. And he's not talking about one person owning another person. He's not talking about that kind of slavery. He's talking about a kind of slavery that was an issue for people in the early church and it's a still an issue for us now. There's two particular kinds of slavery that, that people that he was writing to would kind of succumb to, they would fall back into. Like that picture is like they literally would be set free. The chains are off, right? The, the ankle, the ankle uh, shackle things are unlocked, but they literally could get in a situation where they like locked themselves back up sort of accidentally without even realizing it, right? So like you're free or you're not free. And he's saying, be careful. There's a couple of ways that you can fall back into slavery. And there's two ways, and they're the same things that we can succumb to even still today. The two different ways are slavery to the law and slavery to our sinful desires. Slavery to the law and slavery to our sinful desires. There are two things that any one of us can fall back into. And so I want to kind of walk through with you how Paul addresses these issues of slavery, okay? The first thing he talks about is the issue of slavery to the law, this idea of like following the rules. We'll kind of unpack it, but look at what he says in Galatians. He says, mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he's obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. He's like, uh, he wraps it up with a statement real quick. The only thing that counts is faith ex expressing itself through love. Paul, Paul's like trying to get their attention, like mark my words, right? That's a way of saying like, hey, everybody listen to what I'm about to say. Pay attention, this matters, right? He's saying, mark my words. Those of you who are trying to be about being good with God, being right with God, having it all together by following the rules, he's like, I'm gonna tell you right now, you're in deep trouble, you can't do it. Because if you're gonna say that you're gonna become right with God by following the law, by following uh, the, the rules, then you're gonna have to follow every single rule in order to be successful in being right with God if that's the route you wanna go. And he's like, you're not, gonna, you're not gonna accomplish it. Following the rules to prove that you're good enough, to prove that you are worthy of God's salvation and love and affection, like to prove yourself by following the law, like you'll never do it. You'll only keep a finding out that you're off track. He says, in, in fact, he says, the more you try to do it, the more you're gonna realize that you're alienating yourself from Christ, that you are like pulling yourself away from the love of Jesus and the freedom that he has available to you. He says the only way, the only way that this works is that if you understand that you have a, a, a freedom in Christ, a saving faith in Jesus that starts being expressed through a love for your neighbor. 
Like that's what this freedom needs to look like. He's like, and if you, he's like, don't fall back into that yoke of slavery. Don't get tripped up trying to get back to being right with God by doing everything right, by following all the right rules, all right? He goes on to say this to him in uh, Galatians uh, 5, verse 7. He says, you are running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And it's, it's the same issue that happens to us now, right? Like, uh, he said, here's the deal. Like, you were on track. You were doing so good. You, you had a faith that was evident. You were learning to love God and love other people well. And you were learning to walk in the freedom of Christ. And he said, what happened? Like, I, I, when I left, things were great. And now I came back or I hear reports and, and you're back to arguing about circumcision or not circumcision. You're arguing about how many rules do you have to follow or which part of the law do you have to follow? And he's like, who cut in on you? In other words, who came in and whispered in your ear something different than what I left you with, right? And we look back at that and go, oh, that happens then. And the reality is that's not true, that happens now because so often people come to Christ, they come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ and they start to learn what it means to actually love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And they start to make those things the most important things. And those are the filters by which they read their text and their Bible. They read the Bible and they think, well, if Jesus said the most important stuff is love God with everything you got and love your neighbor as yourself, then what does this story mean, right? And they start to actually like have this freedom to love God and love other people well. And then what happens? Someone comes in and says, you know, when I grew up, we had to have all this memorized. And we had to do this. And, and, and when I grew up, I don't know if you knew this, but like one of the things that's really important for Christians to know is that you're not supposed to do that. And you're also not supposed to do this. And I don't know if you know, but a lot of Christians at our church, we would never do that, right? And it's like in starts to seep the not-tos and the shouldn'ts and the couldn'ts and the I-wouldn'ts and the, 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 the law of what you need to not be and not do. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody cuts in on you because you were on track, right? And that happens still to us today. We're gonna take a look at how he starts to shift this story, how he starts to shift the issue of slavery to the law, and he starts to shift to address the other kind of slavery, slavery to our sinful desires, okay? Galatians 5.13 says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. We'll come back to the rest of that. He's like, you're called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. So here's the other issue at hand, right? Like we're, we're called to be free. We can, we can love God with everything we've got. We can love other people, but, and we're not under the law. We do, for them, they didn't need to be circumcised. For us, we don't have to fulfill the law. We, the law is fulfilled in Christ and by our faith in Christ, the law is fulfilled in us because we love God and we love other people. And he's like, but don't take hold of that freedom and abuse it on the other side of the coin either. Like, don't be like, hey, I'm not under the law. I can go get as drunk as I want, right? 
I can indulge my sinful desires, my selfish flesh, the the things that I want to do, I can do because I'm not under the law. He's like, don't swing the pendulum so far the other way that you become comfortable indulging your sinful desires, like your flesh. So he's like, don't get sucked back into this yoke of slavery that's all about rules and legalism and perfectionism and religiosity. Don't get sucked into that, but don't, get, don't swing too far the other way either and be all about like I can do whatever I want to do. He's like, instead, he says this, he says, instead, rather serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. And that statement is one of those statements where you can just drive right by it. You're reading through Galatians 5 and you're like, rather serve one another humbly in love. And it's like, it just sort of blows right by you. And you don't maybe realize that you just read the word that is the key to unlocking slavery to the law and slavery to your sinful desires. Like when you learn to, instead of either of those things, rather you serve one another humbly in love when that's your thing, when you land there and that becomes what you're about and who you are and part of your character and nature, it it unlocks you from those other yokes of slavery. That's the thing. That's like, that's like Paul giving the Galatians like a mission statement. He's like, here's all the stuff that you could, here's all the ways you could go wrong. Here's all the other ways you could go wrong. It, don't worry about any of that stuff. It, get your eyes off of that and get your eyes on this. This is what I want you to be about. Serve one another humbly in love. And he goes on to unpack with them a little bit more about the struggles of the flesh and the sinful desires. Let me read through this with you real quick. The next one up, one more after that. He says the entire, one more after that. One more, sorry. Hey, it's Memorial Day, right? I got weekend brain. Hey, uh, so he goes like this. He says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. He says, they're in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. And then he goes on to list all of these acts of the, the flesh. And then he goes on to talk about the fruit of the spirit. And so he's like, he's again, he's just helping the Galatians unpack this idea that like don't succumb to indulging the flesh. Like that stuff's obvious, immorality and idolatry and, and sinfulness and drunkenness and like the, the easy ones that are easy for people to see, but there's even harder ones that are not so obvious. He's like, don't succumb to that stuff. If you're led by the spirit, then you're gonna, exhibit the things of the spirit. You're going to have fruit of the spirit. And, and the way that the linchpin piece of this text that ties everything together to help us understand the significance, like how do we steer clear of this bondage, this types of slavery? How do we get free from it and experience freedom? And, and how do we live in the spirit and develop the fruit of the spirit? Like how does this all come together? It all hinges on us learning to serve one another humbly in love. As we're willing to serve one another and put others' needs and desires and and wants above ours, it changes us. 
It's a practical way for us to start to die to our flesh, to become less selfish. It becomes less about who we are, what we want, what we care about, what we need, and more about loving other people in a right way. He kind of wraps up with this little deal, this kind of closing remarks to encourage him. He says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He's like, let me just spur you on at the end. He's like, let me just remind you with these words, like, don't get worry in doing good works. Don't get weary in doing good works. Don't, be, don't grow tired of doing the right things. Instead, keep at it. Like, keep at it, and not only just to, not to just anybody out there, that's great, but especially to this family. Especially to this family. Serve one another humbly in love to your friends, to your family, to this body of believers, like love this family well. Now, the problem with these two types of slavery is they, they, they rob us of our ability to serve other people in love, right? If we're under this yoke of slavery to the law, if this is the way we're trying to do life with Jesus, we're trying to be rule followers, we're trying to be, we kind of have a, a legalistic approach where, where we have to check the right boxes in order for our faith to feel right. It, the problem with that is when we try to serve, one, uh, serve another person in love, it's because we're doing it because a, a, a rule said to. Like, I'm doing it because it's an obligation, right? I'm doing it because it's a have to. It's not because it's a, I have freedom to. There's a huge difference in doing something that you have to do and doing something that you are free to do. And the same way with this slavery to our sinful desires and our flesh <coughs> is that when we're enslaved in this side of the camp and we've taken the freedom far too far to the other extreme, when we go to serve someone else, Right? If that's the thing, that's the linchpin in the middle this is all about, is serving one another in love. When we go to do that, it's more about what do we get out of it. Right? How does it make us feel? How does it make me look? What are other people going to think about me? Does this feed my ego, feed my pride? Does this give me a better reputation? Right? And here's a, a, ch a t check or a test to help you understand like, how or where are you at on the sinful desires side of things, the flesh side of things, if you're trying to serve someone else in love and you stop and you think, play the situation out and imagine how the person would respond. If you think in the situation that the person might respond negatively or unkindly and it makes you think, eh, I don't really wanna do it, that was about you. If you think through the situation and you think, I bet they would be so excited, they would probably like jump up and down and give me a hug and tell everybody how awesome I am. And you're like, whoo, I'm definitely doing that, right? Like that helps you understand like, whoo, you're over here, right? Like this is, you're still stuck wrestling with this slavery to your own sinful desires. This selfishness is driving what you do, not freedom, Right? So I want to give you a couple of practical things, a few practical things to kind of consider to help us gauge um, and get better at, like kind of filter through how are we doing at serving one another in love, okay? Uh, the first thing you can do is check your motives, okay? 
Check your motives. Kind of like I was just talking about. You kind of think through the scenario like, why, why am I doing this? Is it because I'm uh, checking a box? Is it, does this feel like something that I have to do, that I'm obligated to do because of my faith or because of my religion? Like my religion says I have to be this kind of person or do this kind of thing. That's not freedom. Do you understand? And, and like I said, the examples on the other side of things. So check your motives. And as you check your motives, one of the ways, one of the things that might be really affirming for you as you check your motives is you might land in the camp where you go, you know what? Really, what, what sticks out to me is this is a way that I feel like I could actually show that person love. Like God has loved me so well and been so kind and so gracious to me, and I know that I am loved by God, and this is a way that I could just model for them and show that person, this is what it's like to be loved by God. You don't even maybe know God yet, but I wanna give you a taste of what it's like to be known by him, because this is what it's like. It's stop on the side of the road in the worst rainstorm ever and change somebody's tire kind of love. It's like pay for somebody's groceries when you're strapped, but you just know like this is the person that needs it kind of love. It's like go to a daycare and pay somebody's bill for the month because we can, and we want them to feel loved and cared for and seen right? So we check our motives. The next thing we can do is um, follow through when the Spirit prompts you. Follow through when the Spirit prompts you. Probably every one of us in this room have lots of stories of missed opportunities, right? Where we kind of go like, I sort of felt like I was supposed to. I, 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 I saw this situation going on with somebody and I kind of like inside, I had that like, eh, like, like that little nudge, you know, the little Holy Spirit. Sometimes it's a Holy Spirit kick in the rear, like get over there and help that person, <coughs> right? Or go do this thing or serve that person. Uh, and we tend to sometimes miss it, right? Or, or we sort of just downplay it. Sometimes it's like, man, I really felt like I was supposed to do this today, but I had so much stuff going on that I kind of just ignored it on purpose, right? Follow through on the prompting of the Holy Spirit. When God's giving you those nudges, like here's an opportunity, right? An idea pops in your head, a scenario pops up in front of you to like serve someone humbly in love, to get nothing out of it in return, to just show them that they're loved and seen and cared for like God loves and sees and cares for you, follow through on those opportunities, right? I had one uh, this week, I had to go to the DMV. Nowhere in the world have I ever been to the DMV that's as awesome as Pullman, by the way. I just gotta say that. I, I don't know what they got going on there, but they're, that's like the Jesus of DMVs. They're the nicest, most amazing. Anybody that knows, I don't even know them, but if you know them, give them a huge gold star. They're awesome. So I went to the DMV, sidetrack. I went to the DMV and as I was pulling in, <coughs> sorry, as I was pulling in, I see this truck in the, in the parking lot that it's got the hood up and it's like, rah, 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 you know, and it's like, oh, somebody's having a bad day, right? That's what I think in my head. And, and then I kind of like noticing, paying attention, and then I see jumper cables and a lady. And so as I'm walking in, I'm like, you know, I'm wrestling with the, the Holy Spirit tug of like, follow through with what you're doing or go do this. So like uh, a not a very nice guy. I followed through with what I was doing, right? And as I'm standing at the DMV doing my paperwork, it's like eating me up. Like, you jerk. 
right? Like, come on. And so as I go back out, I'm like, first thing, I'm like, okay, throw my stuff in my car. I look over there. Oh, the truck's not there. I'm like, oh, they must have got it started. Then I realize it's pushed back out of the way. And she comes walking over. She's like walking somewhere. And I, I look up and I'm like, oh, that's the person. And I'm like, hey, do you need a ride? Do you need, like, I'm trying to like redeem myself, right? Like, sorry, Lord, I missed the ball on that one. Can I give you a ride? Can I help you? Can I, is there, do you need, and I'm doing this thing where in my mind, I'm immediately feeling the, the like awkwardness that I'm realizing that I'm a single guy in a tiny weird little red car asking a lady for a ride, right? That doesn't know me. Like, sorry, I'm trying to do the God thing here and I'm probably weirding you out. And, and, and so, and it was really awesome. And she's like, no, I'm just going right around the corner. Everything's fine. And I actually, it's okay. I know you, I go to your church. <laughs> so, which I thought was hilarious. And I had this big sigh of relief. She's right here. I had the, I had, a, I had a big sigh of relief, like, whew, I thought I just, like, creeped somebody out bad. Um, I was like, whew, at least you know me. Um, sorry I didn't help you sooner. <laughs> Welcome to real life. Um, all right, last one, last one. Take initiative and actually try, right? Take initiative and actually try. Like, there'll be lots of times where you'll have the greatest of intentions, your motives are right, and it just flops, right? Like serving somebody in love, they, they just, they, they miss it, they didn't understand it, the, the planets didn't line up, it doesn't work out. Like sometimes, it just doesn't work. But don't like forecast and, and try and fortune tell, like, oh, I'm gonna do this, and that's gonna happen. Don't even, don't get into any of that. Just do it, right? Like just take initiative. When the Holy Spirit gives you that nudge, just go try, just go and try, love another person, show them what it's like to, to be loved and seen and cared about. And the simplest of things are even the more difficult things, all right? You guys following me? All right. Uh, with that, we're gonna kind of wrap this up and we're gonna go to our time of communion together this morning, okay? So if you are new with us at Real Life, every week we take communion. And when we take communion, uh, we have what we call an open table. That means anybody that wants to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus is welcome to take communion with us. Uh, when we pass out the elements, if you'll just hold on to them, and then we're gonna take communion together as a family in a couple of minutes, okay? In your notes... Uh, and up on the screen, you're going to see some questions we're going to go through. At Real Life, uh, we want every single person that comes to church to be plugged into a home group, okay? Super important to us that you're connected in relationship with a, a smaller, tighter group of people because as we grow and more people come to hear the message of Christ and they, they come to worship with us, it's hard to pastor and shepherd and disciple five, six, seven hundred people coming to church. So it's really important that you're plugged in and connected in a home group. And so let me say this real quick about home groups through the summer. We're getting to be that time of year where things wind down and our regular weekly home group meetings start to wrap up sort of as school wraps up. But I would say this, it's still really important that you get plugged in and connected to a home group family. Because even though they might not meet every week like they normally do, they're going to be friends and do fun stuff together. They're going to have fellowship and relationship and campfires and backyard conversations and coming over for uh, fun stuff and fishing and all that stuff. So make sure that you're plugged in 
and growing in relationship, okay? So we've got a, a few home group uh, weeks left. This week, this is what we're gonna be talking about. Questions for the week. Which of the two types of slavery do you struggle to avoid? Slavery to the law or slavery to sinful desires? Okay, so um, you can go, like in your home group, you're gonna be talking about, like, do you really struggle with slavery to the law? Like, it, does your faith feel a lot more like rules and uh, kind of legalistic religious approach? Like, do you feel like you're obligated to do the Christian things? Or do you feel free? Do you feel like you get to do them? Or do you feel like you have to do them? Like, those are good things to kind of like indicate where, you, where you're landing. On the other side of things, like, do you feel like you're more like on the sinful desires camp? Do you feel like it's really just more about you? Right, like you know, in your home group, you might have to actually like fess up a little bit and be like, you know, when it comes to life, really, I like me a lot, (laughs) right? And the whole serving each other's great idea, as long as they serve me back twice as much as I serve them, (laughs) right? And you can just be real, like that's what home group does: is you lay it out there. And it helps you like throw it out in the light and you're like, ooh, I actually think that on the inside. It's not that great when you see it on the outside, right? Okay, next one. Uh, read Galatians 5, 13 and 14 together and describe a time when someone humbly served you in love. How did their service impact you? So you're gonna read through that and you're gonna share stories of when you've been the recipient of someone humbly serving you out of love. What did it feel like? What was that story like? What was going on in your life? Why do you remember it, right? What stuck out to you? Why was that an important story? Next one. Uh, Which of these three action steps do you think will help you grow in your ability to serve others in a loving way? Those are the ones that we just went over there. And so you'll get a chance to talk about those, like which one of those really sticks out to you? Which one do you feel like that's the thing? Like as we were talking about it, that's the one the whole take initiative, like, I get it. That's the one, I just need to go do it, right? Or the follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Like, I feel that nudge all the time and I ignore it, right? So you get a chance to be transparent and real and talk about that with folks in your home group, all right? Making sense? We're gonna finish this morning by taking communion together and we're gonna remember on this Memorial Day, the ultimate memorial that we have is this opportunity to take communion together that we do every week. We remember what Jesus did for us on the cross and what it accomplished for us, that we have freedom from the consequence of our sins, that we have uh, redemption and justification and, and we are made right in God's eyes once and for all and it's available to all of us as we put faith in Jesus. As we put our trust in Jesus for salvation, we can be free not to have to obey all the rules. We can be free to be able to learn how to live a different way than us at the center of the universe. We can be free to actually love other people because Jesus and his spirit is working through us and helping us see people the way he sees people. All of that comes because of what he did on the cross. And so we remember this morning that on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks for it. He says, as often as we get together, let's eat this in remembrance of him. In the same way, he took the cup and told him this cup represents the new covenant, which is his blood shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's drink it.
God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his act of service and love for us that he not only talked about loving us and talked about the Father loving us, but that he actually walked it out. He took initiative and followed through with the ultimate act of service. And that through that, Lord, that we can all know you and have freedom to love other people the way that you love them. And that's pretty cool. So we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.